welcome back. I'm Shiko. I'm Yam. And I'm Gavani. And this is Okay. Can you see? What is this episode? Anyway. So guys, something exciting last year was happening around this time of our lives. Last year, June, in the beginning of June, we were all in LA living living our best lives. Literally living La Vida Loca. Eh, Gavani, what were some of your favorite memories when we were all in LA? Just for context, I know we've mentioned it before. But um, we were there for a wedding. Yes. Our step-sister was getting married mm. a year ago. So, um, Congratulations yeah, we were, to them first we also. Yeah, happy anniversary. For Shout sure. out to them. Mm-hmm. So, for me, it was number one, just being all of us in LA. Because like we hadn't seen each other in so long. So, it was the most exciting thing. First, you know, I'd had drama with the Uber driver. I've even had just a throwback. Anyway, throw that here. I... You were scammed by an Uber driver. You have to tell the story. Yeah, I didn't tell the story last week. Anyway, I was scammed by an Uber driver. I was taking out a suitcase. And then this think so. idiot decided I scratched his car. And then he asked for, I think, $120 for insurance. This, <clears throat> let me tell you, he's writing a movie. May that movie never be made. <laughs> I think, to be honest, the welcome to Hollywood. He was, he was such a nice guy. Like the conversation was so great all the way from the airport to the Airbnb. So for him to like switch up like that was also one of the bigger shocks, honestly. But then what told after that? What normally happens is they're that talkative because then they can tell you're not from around and they can take advantage of you. So if you are going to LA, be careful. Those people be the people who sit in the back and be quiet. Don't talk to them, and then don't let them take the suitcase out themselves because they're gonna steal your money. Anyway, uh, the food. I remember. Let me tell you. I remember day one. There's another egg I ate. Eh? Let me tell you when I cracked <laughs> that. The the way the yolk did. There's a picture. She could took. Let me tell you that egg is of dreams. Anyway. The other thing I liked about that whole LA, restaurant that we went to, we were on Sunset, right? Was it yeah, Sunset? we were on yeah, Sunset Boulevard. And we, that brunch place was just so good. So like, good. I think even my meal was so simple. I had, like, scrambled eggs and, like, an arugula salad or something. But when I tell you, I was, was like, oh, my gosh. So good. Everything what was did so they good. put in this magic? And then the other thing yeah. I loved about LA was how everyone has a dog and they go everywhere. I was just like, this is the life I should be living um but yeah the food was so much fun um i think that there was a lot of fast you know like when you've gone to a space for the first time together it's like when you're like look the hollywood sign look the you know that excitement of sharing that experience with you guys it was so much fun it was so much fun what was your memory chico what's your most favorite memory was just being all together I really liked when we were on, um, when we were hiking, that was really fun. So what we decided, I don't even know who, who we thought we were. We went to a bottomless branch, <laughs> me and Yam. We were, all there. We were the bottomless we of the branch. We were the bottomless. We were all there. I know. Me and Yam are the only ones who decided to bottomless it. And when bottomless and you, we had like, what? no, let me tell you, that server was so organized. Yes. As soon as your glass is like halfway. halfway, he's already there with a new top, whatever. Top. Topped up real quick with a quickness. And you know, when you go to bottomless places, they're usually stingy. That place was not stingy. They at were all. not stingy at like, all. And that and it sure. was like that mimosa was less orange juice than for sure. Wow, well, what a time. It was maybe 10% orange juice and the rest was champagne. Perfectly balanced mimosa. But when it's bottomless and we've decided we're going for brunch and then going to a hike after, and it's summer, <laughs> so the sun and it's summer. Y'all are crazy. Where it was like ninety something degrees. It was wild. And yeah, and that hike was a hike. It's not for just laughs. 
it was we were going up the mountain, up the mountain <laughs> down oh, the mountain. when i tell you we hiked the oh. when they learned and in the sea, and in the sea. Oh. can you imagine we wanted to do the crazier hike it's nyam's friend who saved us <laughs> Actually, we were going yeah, because you know we were like, no, oh, we we're, we're gonna going do to walk all past these. the Hollywood sign. We would have died there. I know, I know, because the hike we originally wanted to do was the one that takes us well to the Hollywood sign. Nani, you're almost touching it, but she was like, do this other one because it's a little easier and scenic, uh, you still get really good views. Exactly. I think in total it was like two miles up was it two miles up or something like that who remembers um it was suffering when i tell you we me i was suffering me i was suffering because of the mimosas you You know when you feel like (laughs) the hotness of the sun the mimosas the elevation we were (laughs) dying (laughs) dying but we did it we did did, indeed Yeah, what are some of your favorite memories? Um, so I think, like you guys, it was just all of us being together. I think it had been a while since we had an adventure together as well. Uh, so that was fun. I think also just all of us being in a new place together. I mean, Shiko had been to LA before, but I think even the experiences we were doing was stuff that you haven't done yourself. Um, yeah so that that was fun um i think one of like my core memories it was you know when we drove down rodeo drive we didn't get out of the car but (laughs) we just like gave ourselves our own tour of like the different stores just like rubbish i don't know why the tour guide guide is the best thing she was our tour guide when she saw the bus and she's like they ain't got nothing on me Just like we don't need a tour bus. Let me show you Rodeo Drive. <laughs> she said this statue. <laughs> I have videos. <laughs> and let me tell you, I gave them history. Ask me where the history came from. My head. <laughs> but that's all that matters. For yeah, sure. Like, this sign has been here since 1995. Correct. Um, they actually put it up um when I was born. Anyway. <laughs> Let me tell you, even it's that it, we were going to the stars and we were just like, when we reached there, we were like, nah. But she was like, this is the Chinese theater. <laughs> <laughs> because I was telling Akina Gadoni, like, the Hollywood Walk of Fame is something you have to see. However, it's the ghetto. It really the is ghetto. the ghetto. Like, you walk around, there's so many homeless people. There's someone trying to sell you something. There's those people who are performing on the streets. So I was like, we can pack the car and walk. Or we could just drive through it. Yeah. And when we're driving, I remember even Nyam was like, they really hyped this place up. We were like, it's not like what we see on the TVs. What? You read. Uh-uh. It's like, I you promise rain. you, after those people put their stars, they don't go back. Ever. <laughs> Ever. They've never sure. gone back again. Nah. Um, another thing that I, I think for me, another core memory was just the, the car rides. We would be yeah, blasting music, okay. listening to like our dance hall. And then like all of a sudden you see the Hollywood sign and we're like, oh my gosh, it's right there. And it's just like, I don't know. Spending time with you guys was a special. It was so Such great. Special. I feel like also road tripping, we are experts at road tripping. Because we we're talking with Yam, we listening to Bruno for Mars. Sure. And it just reminds us of the Nola trip as well, where it's just like we were blasting the music and it's just like a vibe. <laughs> yeah. And and then the, with, because our road trip was so long, we also had like a podcast session. Remember oh we, my we, God, we like yeah. one of the podcasts? Yeah, that podcast was <sighs> The crime one. A murder one. Yeah. I, I can't tell you anything that happened, but it was it lit was then. Lit. Yeah, we were really immersed yeah. in that we story. We were in that story. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we probably listened to like about like maybe I think it was hours, like eight episodes. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. So much of the fun. podcast. Man, those were good times. Anyway. I know. I know. And then one day we decided to go to all the restaurants that we wanted to, so we hit in and out. Like within two hours yeah, on the last we, day. We, we were like we have two hours. For two hours. <laughs> nonstop. We planned the map. We went on the map and we were like, okay, where are we starting? We had in and out. We had tacos. We had donuts. We had we had everything. Mm-hmm. 
oh my god within two hours by the time we were reaching the end we were like i I can't anymore but all of it was so tamu all of it and then did we still go and eat chips at the airport (laughs) (laughs) shiko had like some kind of chowder also like a soup i mean we're not i had soup yeah jesus anyway Oh my gosh. It was a little an adventure. Anyway, was. that was a fun time. That was a fun time. Yum, you got the wheel for us? Yes, I do. Are y'all ready? Let's spin it. We should sing another part of the song today. I feel like you deny people the, 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 the nice part of twist me, twist me, twist me, crazy. Excuse me. This is my department. Ask Nyam how someone was like when he's spin spin coming back. They don't care about twisting. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Someone asked me. They were like, oh, so when are you guys coming back with spin, spin, spin? I said, wow. Yes. <laughs> I'm telling you, every episode I will remind you that you guys tried to change this song. Anyway, we have landed on, on my wall. Gather on star yourself. Um, on my wall currently, I want to thank myself. <laughs> Do it, girl. You better snoop the hell out of this. Yeah, I feel like um, where I am currently, I have chosen myself a lot, and I'm very proud of myself for choosing myself. And so, um, I've been taking time to make time for myself. And the other day, like, there was something someone asked me to do, and I was like, no, because it didn't work for me, and I normally don't do that. And so on my wall is myself for prioritizing myself and what I want and what I need. And she's that babe. She's me. (laughs) And that's on that. You are her. And that's on That's on Mary and her little lamb that went to school. Bam. Mary had a little lamb whose fleece was white as snow, and everywhere that Mary went, the lamb was sure to go. It followed her to school one day, guys. Oh, oh you're right. Here I go. Here I go. Here I go. What are we? Oh, my God. I was just like, what? <laughs> when? When? I didn't know the lamb went to yeah, school. I was like, wasn't he just that's white the whole as snow? Point what happened? Of Mary's lamb. <laughs> He followed her to school one day. Which was against the rules. And then you know okay. what he did? He made the children laugh and play to see a lamb at school. Gang. You guys, what were you doing with your hey. nursery rhymes? Wow. I forgot all those verses. You know, Ash, guys, I didn't have time to sing all the verses. You just <laughs> say, please, is right as snow, and then you move on. And period, that's it. Yeah, you are, you are team Momo Jessica. I would just chill first even. <laughs> and what's the other one? Not come a chameleon. What's the other one? A uh, malikli coconut. No, no, she calls a coconut. Amanat. Coconut. I'm crazy. Amanat. 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 I'm crazy. That was Chico's. That was Chico's jump. The day Chico came and told us, "It's not Baba Black Sheep. It's Momo Jessica." I said, "Wow." Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> on your wall is you. I would love that for you. And my wall is me. <laughs> Shiko, who's on your wall? Um, or me. Is well, it Jessica? If I could have two people, please. Happy sure. thanks. The first one is Blue Ivy. All right. Wow. Okay. Blue Ivy has literally just been killing it. Um, she's on the Renaissance tour. She's been dancing with her mm-hmm. mother. Have you guys been seeing? If oh, you're sure. on TikTok, I'm on Beyonce talk. So literally, I don't even know what the point of going to the concert is because I feel like I've already watched the whole oh, show sure. through clips on on TikTok through clips. The point is um, to wear the Blue Ivy has been dancing. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Um, she's been dancing with her mom, and the first time she came out. I was like, oh, this is really cool. She's like super clean, but you could tell she was still so much in her head. Um, 
And then the more she's performed, I think now this is her fourth performance that she's done. You really can see the growth with the like the choreography she got, but like you can tell like she's coming into her own with how she does the moves, which makes me so happy. I'm like, oh my gosh, I see the growth. This is dance coaching me. I'm like, I see the growth. And she's getting more comfortable on stage. She's adding a little more of her personality instead of just doing the moves, which is just great to see. So she's been really inspirational. I mean, she's only 11, I think. And to be performing for crowds of like 80,000 or whatever it is, like, that's wild that's really big on her you know what i mean yeah it's really big on her and then there's also another dancer that a bald one one of beyonce's dancers who like is a part of that mix like when blue ivy is whatever and she's always like hyping her on and cheering her on and um she's on my wall but the other person that's on my wall is corona Corona (laughs) maria focaccio Oh. this girl honestly like i've been having a hectic week um but corona like her senses of just knowing what i need mm-hmm. are superior this week like even now she's just sitting over here on my legs um oh, she Marish. knows when i'm sad and she'll just come and like sit with me and like hug me and cuddle me and she she just brings so much joy to this household, honestly. And to our lives. This week I've been calling her my best friend. Aww. So cute. Best friend, yeah. 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 So that's that's who's on my wall. Corrosion Blue. That's cool. So good. Yeah. Those are some cool posters. Even me, I want to make for me. So I good. I got you. I got you. You what's on your yeah. wall? Who? Or what? Um. Can I also have two? Sure. So, um, one who is on my wall, and she's called Angela. Uh, we went to primary school together, um, but she runs this organization called Heels for Pads. She's just become like a really, I mean, her, her goal has been advocacy for periods and period poverty. Um, and actually, like this past week, they were closing down um, a pop-up shop they had. So one of the organizations that she runs, they you can basically donate your heels or buy heels. And the, the purchase that you make will buy pads for a girl for one year of school. So I went to their pop-up shop um i think it was the last day they were having it at nairobi street kitchen and initially i was like maybe i'll just buy some merch or whatever but then i decided to just i i tried on a couple of shoes and i saw like a pair that i liked so yeah i bought shoes and i was like that's gonna be my pad donations but i've also been following her on linkedin she's also like a thought leader she's a good writer so she has some really nice inspirational um like a, an inspirational newsletter you know just like asking what what will your last post be i think that was one of her posts last time you know just a bit of introspection and what what do you really want to accomplish with your life so i want to big her up for that i think she's she's really killing the game in that way um and i i love when my peers inspire me also it's just pretty pretty cool um yeah what are the shoes tell us what the shoes are so they're called heels for pads that's the name of the organization no, oh my the ones, ones you, you bought. bought yeah oh i bought um they're nini they're cute snake prints well nini heels um, strappy sandals very honest strap okay my bad strappy sandals um but if i'm honest i feel like you know, I'm not a shopper, so I, I think part of the thing that inspired me to buy was because I knew it was going to a good cause. And also, more and more, I don't find Even snake print, I've never seen you. Exactly. So after I bought them, I was like, Nyam. <laughs> you know, just like, where are you going to wear these shoes? But in my you mind, I was like, okay. You're a facilitator. Not with open toe sandals. But either way, I was like, I'm in my mind I was like it's pads for someone. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And also I've 
I've started to feel like I need to be a bit more deliberate about, I mean, I think the three of us are thrifters anyway. So, you know, just like more sustainable clothing. And that's not to say you shouldn't buy new shoes. You can still buy new shoes, but there are also many pairs of great shoes that someone just didn't want to wear or wore lightly for a minute or two that you can buy. I think in my mind, I was like, it's ticking two boxes for me in terms of sustainable fashion, as well as uh, period supporting the poverty. So, um, yeah, so I'm really excited about that. And then the other person on my wall is Calandria, Calandria, oh, Ukikuyu, Calandria <laughs> Rowlands. <laughs> Kelly wow. Rowlands. Did you see her wow. dancing? Is that her name? Yeah, I, I saw yesterday. Fam, so fire. I was like, what? Um, hello, Kelly. Move over, Beyonce. Girl, I don't know. She's she just was giving it. She's giving, she's been giving me so much life. I mean, like her fashion choices. <sighs> Kelly is really killing the game for me. You know, I saw her performance, I think, in London or in the UK, wherever she was performing. But I was just like, people really do be sleeping on Kalish. Kalish. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you said nickname was texting. today. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, Kelly was out here texting people on Excel. She's above us, by the way. <laughs> you're, that is. was rude. You are rude for that. You're, for that, you're dirty. You're dirty for that, but she's on your wall, it's so the it's truth. fine. I just, I'm really feeling her. I'm feeling her style. I'm feeling her vibe. There's just like a maturity. I'm feeling her content. I'm feeling her music. Kelly for life, man. She's a vibe. vibe. She's a vibe. Mm. She do, and everything she does, honestly, just feels so effortless. True, Like, it man. just looks like she just put these clothes on and it just fits. It doesn't feel manufactured or like there was a stylist. No. Wow. Gishes. I know. She never misses. She hit after hit after hit. I mean, yeah. she's destiny's child. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> All you women, independent, throw your hands up at me. Whoa. Nikulize, actually, I've and decided. she found a soldier too. <laughs> right? He's going to stand up for her. <laughs> and can he pay her bills? Can he can pay he, her telephone bills? For sure, bill? he, he can pay the telephone bill. Period. And you know, she still has her girlfriends. <laughs> True. <laughs> I bet you she caters to him. Yeah. I'm unable. Even, ev- not only on his birthday, every day because it's his day. <laughs> <laughs> hey, time. We all Excuse survivors. me. <laughs> I'm quitting we you people. I want to put a second person on my wall. Okay. Because okay. we've both had two people. I've thought Are about they it. delicious? Um... <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be awkward because of who I'm saying, but I want to put my coach on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> he has a nice butt. It's okay. He does. He does. He does have a nice butt. He's a rugby man, so I mean, I guess I'm sorry. All rugby men have the nicest. Yeah, butts. they have nice butts. So anyway, yeah. I want to put my coach on my wall because I feel like this year I have gotten. I'm. I feel like I'm transcending in my gym journey like there's a space i have entered that even people are like oh my god you're so different and you're so but i feel like a lot of it has to do with his attitude and his understanding of how i need to be coached and so i want to big up joshi my nigga my boy because like he's just like i don't know how to explain it um yeah so he's on my wall also because i feel like there's a space Part of why I'm on my own wall is because of my gains in the gym. And I don't think I can give myself full credit because there's a lot of what he is and his attitude that has played a role in how I have transcended in that space. So to my coach and his cute ass. And to answer your question, he is bootylicious. Because, listen, if you watch my stories in, on Instagram, I don't think you are ready <laughs> for that jelly. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. Anyway. Oh my gosh. Because of the squats yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm doing. It's for the squats I'm I doing anyway. It. Chico. 
go off. I cannot. <laughs> yeah, it's for the squats. It's for the squats. Um, so this episode is going to be a continuation of last week's episode where we started the period talk. Um, it's about to get bloodier and <laughs> ew. Why did I... <laughs> yes, explode yes. those uteruses. Why did they say that? Explode. No, it's about to get ew. bloody. It's not an ew. It's not an ew. I need to get out of the habit of saying that because it's life. It's normal. Um, but yes, we are about to talk more about the period, um, conversation. We have a guest on this episode. Um, we will introduce her when we shift to that part. Um, but yeah, I hope you guys enjoy the continuation of our period talk. Yay. Okay. Janet, thank you for being here. It's really fun to have you. So my first question for anyone who doesn't know who you are, I always like to ask people to introduce themselves um, because what you think is important might not be what I think is important. So other than say your bio, how would you introduce yourself to someone who doesn't know who you are? Wow. Somebody who doesn't know who I am. <laughs> um, I like to establish, I think, you know, what I've done. I try to capture what I've done and maybe what I'm quote unquote known for. So a media personality, which is an easy way to just establish different forms of media, um, an advocate for social impact, um, a woman evolving into really like, I don't know, a version of myself that I'm getting proud of every day, um, and a boy mom, which is, you know, <laughs> which is something else. I think that part put it and yeah, just... Um, a work in progress who's just um, leaning in more and more to so many facets of myself that I'm still unlocking, but I'm just not as afraid to do it anymore. So that feels pretty good. Awesome. We love that. So dope. Um, on social justice that you've just mentioned, I know you do a lot of work in like period poverty, um, destigmatizing periods, trying to make it look like positive. What is it that made you get into that space? It was a story I interacted with when I was in the newsroom as a news anchor, um, which is 10 years ago today that I interacted with that story on a program that I was hosting on TV, on Citizen TV, which is, you know, a big regional station. And it was the first time a lot of us had come face to face with what period poverty means, because it showcased uh, girls in a, a pretty remote and hard to reach area in Kenya, um, in Marigat in Baringo. And it was highlighting the products, the very unsanitary products they have to use because they can't afford sanitary pads. And they linked that to the fact that they many times have to miss out on class. Um, and over the years, that really affects their education. A lot of them either drop out or end up becoming teen moms, ETC. So it was the first time I think a lot of people had seen the link between period poverty um, and a disruption to a girl's life. And I was so triggered. And I think that story just changed my life in the biggest way. And um, I just kept trying to lean into how do we, how do we try to address this issue till my boss is like, okay, what do you want to do? Cause you're at my office every day asking me what we need to do. So I came up with Inua Dada, which, you know, translates to uplift a sister. And then that was it. I didn't really, I just wanted to keep mainstreaming the conversation while also trying to get access to a lot of these um, girls. And here we are, it's, the heart of it is pretty much the same, but the intersectionalities have really come into light. We now have a, a center where we've hired, you know, underserved women, where we're making sanitary products. And, but the biggest part of what we do is the advocacy. And that's why I'm big on storytelling, because I saw what that one story did, even for the conversation in the country. It, it pushed CSOs and the government to start introducing the menstrual health policy, which was launched in 2020. The budgetary allocation was increased. So the power of storytelling and the power of mainstreaming otherwise taboo conversations. So I've been doing that and I've never really stopped doing it. I left TV. I still do it on my digital platforms. And much like what you guys I do on, on, what, on this platform, I just try and make it conversational and um, as inclusive as possible. So that's how I came into it. And that's how I've stayed. And I think I will forever be here. I've made peace with it. That's awesome, though. It's such it's such an important um, aspect that our society, like majority of us women, go through. So, on a more personal level, what was your relationship like 
with um your first time like were you ex- what did your parents sit you down and explain the process to you i know in africa we don't necessarily discuss these things were you shocked one day in school like what is going on like share your story with us but i think i think my story also subconsciously led me to do this because i was a kid guys i was i was 10 till today so not only was i shocked my parents were shocked they were like wait 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 <laughs> what do you mean cuz i i remember i remember the day distinctly i woke up it was a school day and there was i felt like it was a bloodbath in my bed so i was like oh i'm probably dying because i don't know what's going on it was the most traumatic feeling ever so i you know ran to my parents bedroom i was like i don't know what's going on this blood everywhere and my mom was like oh so she was trying to be calm she's like okay i'm just going to need you to take a shower she's probably like take a shower so i can think yeah exactly how many like minutes this <laughs> she's 10 like i need a minute um so i showered and then it was just a very quick summary she just said you started something called your period and this is literally what she said <laughs> don't let boys touch you <laughs> I'm like wow uh, on um, brand <laughs> on brand right on brand for our for our mothers yes for yeah. sure <laughs> <laughs> don't let boys touch you here's a pad here's how to wear it we'll talk more when you come home so that was my first time so i was it was very traumatic for me um and i went to school and one other girl in class noticed i was walking funny and she's the only other girl who'd started her period um harleen i remember that was her name we were friends And she said, "Oh my god, have you started your period?" I said, "Oh yeah, that's what mom was calling it. She was saying something like period." Um then she told me, "Okay, first of all, you're walking funny. She told me you're walking like a duck. So let's teach you how to walk with pads on." <laughs> so she literally taught me how to walk. I don't know, she I think she started it a year before she was 11. Also an early bloomer and that's kind of she kind of helped me just make peace with it and say, "You know, it's you know, it's, there's nothing wrong with it. You just have to remember to change your pad." So that was my first time and it was very traumatic. Um and any boy who breathed near me I was like don't come near me. And that's the time where pads were like thick. That's when they were thick thick. Yeah. <laughs> thick. They were thick. <laughs> yeah, they were. So you have to make room. <laughs> my period journey has been it's not been the best because I still have endometriosis. I mean, you know, I've I've very painful, very heavy periods. Um I'm back on birth control because of it. I told my gynecologist, you're the one who said if I have children, maybe. He said I told you maybe. I didn't say it's a guarantee. <laughs> <laughs> so I still have a very problematic period. Um and so in that sense, I think periods have just always been part of my life. So there's the issue around our body and health and then there's the issue around the the push for menstrual justice which is like access to products and information. So that's that is my first that's time nice. story. I'm curious. Very did, did your mom sit you down after when she was like we'll talk about it later? Did she actually sit you down and tell you something? You know what I remember about that evening is my dad congratulating me so wow. I was mortified. Like <laughs> congratulations you are now a woman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Verbatim. It's like you're now a woman. I'm like okay, you no. Um And I think my brothers were also told act normal just say congrats <laughs> <laughs> and my oh, sister no. But you know what that's also so progressive as much as it's very cringy the fact that men were able to acknowledge that you had a period I feel like for me like it was never acknowledged Really for you guys it was I'm sure you yeah your, your experiences are probably vastly different Exactly but you mentioned you're also a boy mom so how do you go about educating your boys about these matters cuz they're in school they're about to get to that age where all the girls are starting their periods Yeah they're still pretty young but I mean kids nowadays I don't know if it's the pregnant care we took I don't know what it is but <laughs> they adjust they have a lot of agency and a lot of information and they're constantly processing so they're seven and four they're pretty young but when i've when they've seen pads i tell them well now they know it's mom diapers because i'm like you know if i try to start explain to you <laughs> what it's for but i have told them we use these once a month because something happens in our bodies and it's very normal and very healthy um so i try to use that kind of language with them in terms of normalizing things and as you know as they get older and as i get equipped with more of the language that's age appropriate but for now things like consent i talk to them about because um 
when they want to grab something or the younger one is very lovey-dovey so he'll just grab you and kiss your cheek and i'm like i'm your mom i don't mind but if you do that in a playground you have to be careful so now even if i try to take something they're like mom consent i'm like good <laughs> practice so that's yeah they're learning and god willing it stays the only thing we can do is pray on it but yeah so that's yeah yeah, fingers crossed. So that's just what I try and do even with periods. And I know the older one for sure knows about sex. He's seven, so I'm, I'm getting, you know, I'm building up to have the conversation with him. So I just try and be real and upfront with them while still respecting that they're young, but also understanding that they're very aware, very, very aware, even of my own, even of the fact that, you know, we, we're not a traditional family unit you know, and just not trying to hide that from them and just trying to explain. So, yeah, I, I enjoy that part of motherhood. It's daunting, but I, I just treat them like young pals of mine. I'm like, listen, this is life. <laughs> so It is what even, it is. It is what it is. No, I was just saying, it's, it, I mean, I get that for them from the family unit as well, because we also grew up around like parents who weren't together. So I get that whole concept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's cool. Oh, I love seeing you now. You see, this is a nice snapshot into the future. So thank you for it. You're welcome. I'm like, yeah, it'll be okay. It'll all work out. It'll be okay. So I was going to ask, because uh, we don't have any brothers, or we didn't grow up with boys around us. Um, and I think a big part of like normalizing periods is, you know, like how you're talking about your mommy's diapers, you know, being around. Because I think in the beginning, there's this thing of hiding, you know, like, you can't go to the toilet in school with people knowing that you're going to change your pad. So I was curious how that was, because I heard you mention you have brothers and, and I guess your boys see your, um, your, your pads or, you know, whatever, how, how was that growing up and comparing to like now as well? Mm. I know growing up for some reason, like my twin just seemed very freaked out. Because at some point he'd be like, so you just bleed and you don't die, like the South Park episode. <laughs> He's like, just make me understand. So he was he was very triggered for the longest time until I told him, Tim, grow up, stop it. It's fine. It's normal. But in his head, he just didn't understand. He's like, okay, but there's no cut. You're just bleeding. <laughs> so he took a very long time to normalize it. He didn't want to talk about it. My older brother's always been a little bit of an intellect. So he just goes one plus one is two, whatever. So he's, his approach was very much like, yeah, this happens. Um, I don't remember. I still think I remember hiding the products because there just seems to be a silence and a taboo. Even, even after being told, congratulations, you're now a woman. Um, you just didn't grow up hearing a lot of stories of people walking freely with their products. So you adapted to the shame and stigma around you um, until much later, you know, until I think until I was much older and just it just didn't bother me anymore if I needed to grab uh, a product and go to the loo. And so now I'm trying to break that cycle of stigma with my son. So to make sure that if we're shopping, I'll still pick my product off the shelf for them to see I'm picking it off the shelf, even as you're getting your bite, you know, your biscuits or your pencils, I will pick my sanitary products. You will see them. You will ask again and say, oh, mom, you're getting your diapers. I say, yeah, I'm getting my mom diapers. So I'm trying to shift it so that when they see that, they know it's just on. And I keep telling them, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember I told you it's a normal part of a woman's life. Um, so if you see somebody picking this, just know that it's normal the same way. Recently, we saw somebody who's living with a disability or differently abled. And, you know, they were like, you know, why are they walking like that? What's going on? And I said, yeah, I mean, their legs don't work like ours. So if you see that, it's also not something that you need to really stare at, even though uh, somebody I know who's differently abled was like, no, no, they can stare at their kids. But I just try and make it seem like this is all a normal part of life so that they can... Or I had somebody come do my makeup who's um, who looks very androgynous. So I remember they were just staring at him. They were like, are you a boy or a girl? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and and he, he he's used to it. So he's just like, you know, I'm I think he just said something like I'm me. And I said, yeah, you know, when you can shoot when you're older, you can because then Molly was like, then but then why are you wearing lipstick? <laughs> you know, and so, so trying not to shield and also trying not to overly enforced but just trying to be like this is what it is and as you get older 
you'll kind of figure out <laughs> what it is. But that's a very long-winded answer to what Nyam asked. But yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to just trying to normalize it for them. In your advocacy, do you ever go towards? Is it always geared towards women, or is there times where you go like towards the men? Where it's because I know a lot of households grew up where we have friends who would not like when they're going shopping, they would go with their mothers only or their sisters. It's not like you who had the conversation, let's say, with your brothers or your father being able to say congratulations. For us, being able to shop with our father was not the norm in a lot of houses. So does your advocacy also touch on educating men? For sure. And I, I know the only way that's come out a little clearly is through things like my book or my podcast. Is Because my book also includes men. I mean... It's my first time. It had it has about 60 plus people that I profiled. And out of that, about eight or nine of them are men. Um, just because, you know, and, and these are male, I would call them male allies. These are men who are obviously, first of all, open enough to participate in the project, but who genuinely feel like, one of them is actually my dad. My dad is like one of the first feminists I've ever encountered. I, I realized later in life, I was like, oh, you're just a quiet feminist. That's what you right. are. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, a lot of things were just um, like, okay, yeah, of course you can do that. Of course you can pursue whatever you want to. You don't have to be limited by gender. So I profiled a few men um, so that they could speak to other men just to, you know, challenge that stigma and challenge the patriarchy and challenge the... Because a lot of the stigma, not that it's fully by men, a lot of it is still perpetuated by women. But a lot of it is by men. And a lot of the reason why we still feel like there's a lot of um, secrecy and shame is because it's if you have the leader, so to speak, of communities or the home kind of using that narrative, then everyone just adapts to it and says, oh, it must be a really bad, dirty thing. So we do try. To, so whenever I'm having conversations, I try to make sure even with my podcast, which I'll be you know doing again soon, I try to make sure every month, there's at least <laughs> I we'll know we'll like, I've been I've been like where have you been <laughs> what are we doing I know <laughs> but it's fine I was doing the inner work but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was doing the inner work but yeah um I try to at least make sure there's a man featured um you know in the month so yes to your question I do try as much as possible to include men if I'm asked to be on a panel I'm like hey can I come with somebody or two people one of them is a man and um, just so that we can continue to normalize men having the conversation. That's actually the perfect segue into what I was going to ask you, because I was going to ask more about your book, My First Time. Um, take us through that journey of writing it. Um, did it spark up any like emotions in you? Did it spark up any like aspects that you hadn't even thought about? Yeah, that's a good question. It's here. I was like, today, let me behave and have it. Because usually... <laughs> Never promo it. it promo promo she never promo, has the promo. book it's true usually i'm like even on tv and they're like did you bring the book and i'm awkwardly like well you can find it at the bookstore <laughs> but it was a very it was such a passion project it was just because um the conversation is still very difficult for a lot of people to have and so i thought what if we captured people's different vast first time stories what if we tried to be as inclusive as we possibly could to have people who just look like if a young girl or boy opens this book more often than not they might see somebody who looks like them or sounds like them so in terms of um background demographic um lifestyle i tried to really make it as inclusive as possible and that for me is the, one of the things i was really proud of doing um, and you can only be as inclusive in, in a book. And the second version, which I've been meaning to release for like the last, I don't know, one and a half years now actually has women from the continent, which is so exciting. So we've profiled women from South Africa, Nigeria, you know. So um, but in this one, there was women who are differently abled, a woman who is visually impaired, um, a mother who's looking after a daughter who's um got down syndrome we have a former street girl we have a former inmate but we also have like travel influencers musicians so just trying to say we all have a first time and so it's okay to have a first time but let's also shed light into the gaps which is what is it like menstruating behind bars there's a whole issue around that or 
What is it like menstruating when you're doing sports? So it still also shed light into the gaps, but more, more than that, the idea was to normalize it and for everybody to feel like they can see themselves. This book came out just before COVID. We'd already started doing like book tours. It was supposed to be in so many libraries across the country. And now that plan is being reignited where we're trying to take it to as many schools so that it can at least live in as many school libraries as possible. We've already managed to do it in quite a number, which is exciting. And so now we want to do it in many more so that people can just always go there and see themselves in this book and say, it's okay. Um, and the most beautiful thing is having a lot of parents, even fathers say to me, oh my God, your book has been so helpful. When we learned that our daughter had started our period, we gave her the book and she came back and said to us, oh dad, this book is so nice. I learned that I can still play sports, that I can still travel. So that was the whole idea is that people can still um, dream, but people can also uh, face the fact that it's not necessarily always an easy journey, but you'll be okay if you, if you can talk about it, if you can share about it, then ultimately you don't have to suffer in silence. So that's very fulfilling when parents say that or, or aunties and uncles say, I just, I just gave her a book because I didn't know what to say to her. I told her, read the book, then come and ask me questions. <laughs> so that's the strategy they use. Controversial question. Yes. But do you think our government could be doing more when it comes to this um, topic? Oh, not controversial at all. Very necessary question. I wasn't sure how comfortable you felt talking about it. I talk about periods all the time. It's blessing and a curse. But um, <laughs> um, like first dates, what do you want to talk about? Let's talk about periods. <laughs> that's actually... That will break the yeah, ice. That's how you discover so, red flags. At least you'll know if he's a good guy at the beginning. Don't waste your time. This is true. It's a very good way to gauge like whether there's you know acceptance governments the world over could be doing so much more and the reason that i'm still constantly on this topic or triggered by it i know we've i'm like a lot has changed but a lot remains the same but it's really rooted in sexism and patriarchy at the end of the day um because it's not prioritized at a national level in a lot of countries and if it was seen as important it would have been it would have even been integrated as a development agenda because it does affect um education it affects performance, it affects so many things, and yet it's not given that kind of prioritization. So you have exceptions like Scotland that have, you know, the first country that's going to make access free for everybody in the country. And I'm like, that's an example of prioritizing and caring enough about women and girls. That's an example of fighting the patriarchy. New Zealand, I think, is following, I think, Australia. So slowly, these more inclusive, integrated, maybe more progressive parliaments are saying, actually, we've seen this issue happen for 10, 15 years. We have enough evidence to know that it's a problem. How do we provide products? Or how do we make them more accessible or affordable? Because it may not be sustainable to make it free in a country like Kenya. But how do we have the, the conversation about making it more accessible? So government could be doing more to do more data, um, more research, more integration into other issues. The biggest issue with this space is that it's very, um, everyone's kind of doing their own thing. And while it's important that there's a lot of voices out there, it's even more important if there's something cohesive and a cohesive call to action. But right now it's so fragmented that also government is like, anyway, when you guys jipanga, let us know <laughs> and we'll, we'll see what to do. So there's some conversations happening behind the scenes of how to have a more unified approach but it may take time, but um, it's already happening so that there's a unified call to action, a unified push for government to increase budgetary allocation and access. Um, so governments could be doing more, but they really need to care about us. They really need to know that us not going to school or us having to compromise our work is actually a problem and not just a woman's thing. And until that mindset is achieved, then we'll keep seeing this cycle repeat itself. They, you have to care enough about women and girls to do something for women and girls. So. Yeah, and I feel like there's still a bit of a taboo. It's still a bit of a taboo topic because I remember the senator when she went in and she had stained her pants and it's just like, get out, you're embarrassing yourself or whatever. It's just like, but this happens all the time. I mean, I had to, in primary school, learn how to clean my dress or skirt and then turn it so that the wet side is in the front and move on with my life, you know? And it's... 
very much a part of who we are as women. And I just wish sometimes we could give it or open it more so that men can see and understand that this is just normal for us. We're not trying to like make a statement or cause a scene. It's just, it's just normal. So it's just, it's, just it's life. life. Yes, yeah, yeah. for sure. So, um, how, how do you feel like we can be better advocates? Like in our everyday life, me and my sisters who have all had periods forever and it's still going to continue. <laughs> we are all young. We all have periods. <laughs> Although Nyam is getting up there. I don't know if he's coming. <gasps> don't be rude. <laughs> Please. You and me both. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. You and me both. <laughs> anyway. I'm like, I see you, Yesterday, yesterday was my birthday and I had to borrow my mom's fan at the table and just be like, hmm, I think I'm starting to experience personal weather. Um, <laughs> personal weather. I am borrowing that one. Yeah. It's becoming so bad. I'm like, why are you sweating? What is going on? Then I'm like, oh. Okay. So, in fact, the other day I was like, oh, I should hold a funeral for my periods when they end. So now I'm oh planning. Oh my gosh, that would be a fun party. Please invite us. That would be so make fun. Sure you, make sure your cake is red velvet, please. Yeah. <laughs> like, no pun intended. Just and shaped a like a coffin. Cake. It's a coffin red velvet cake. It was so good. The coffin red velvet. <laughs> so good. It's so good. I really, I thought about it the other day. I'm like, oh. I'm going to have a funeral for my periods. Yay, I have a plan. <laughs> so I think I still have like maybe three, four years, but it's not that far off. Um, but how do we create more acceptance? I think we really can't amplify enough. When we think about how certain things were, I don't know if the word is combated, but how certain things were addressed. I'll use an example which I've used, which has, which I've heard used before, so I can safely use it here. But example, for example, like um, HIV AIDS, when there was a push for tolerance and acceptance, it was everywhere. You couldn't escape it. You couldn't run away from it. And suddenly it became a norm. Um, there has to be that level of investment on a national level to just say, you know, we're going to do a really full on campaign where we're going to invest time into community or mainstream media um, digital, billboards, whatever it is, we're going to do an entire year where we talk about how normal this thing is from primary school all the way. Um, in the meantime, we just have to do things like what you guys are doing right now, which is just keep having the conversation. I had a back and forth with my videographer the other day when um, he was asking me, you know, what can be done? I'm like, but I feel like we've talked about this for so long, Moss. What do you mean? And he was just trying to tell me, you see it that way because you're in the space. But for some of us, we just don't know how to plug in. So obviously there's a disconnect and gap somewhere. So I think just a lot more of us need to be having the conversation, normalizing it the way I'm trying to do it with my sons, which is just as somebody gets older or when you're with a group of friends, male or female, when you're out with somebody, when you're in a family, wherever it is, when the conversation comes up, it's to just have a conversation about it, not to nip it in the, not to like try and stop it or, or fill it with all kinds of stigma, but to say, okay, yeah, let's talk about that. Let's talk about periods. You'll always find somebody who needs to be convinced that it's normal, which triggers me, but it is what it is. Um, but it's just to keep advocating. And what you guys are doing right now is already a form of advocacy. It's having the conversation. And so I, that's why I keep having the conversation. There's a lot of incredible menstrual champions that I either work with or I know. So we just try and co-amplify each other's work and um, just try our best. And I know there's a national event for Menstrual Hygiene Day happening, which is also a big step. The thing I've seen over the last um, few years is more mainstreaming. The issue is that it just happens on Menstrual Hygiene Day on May 28th. And then there's silence until like Day of the Girl. Then there's silence until Women's Day. So the idea is let's make a case for it all the time. But to have a national event with possibly a cabinet secretary, that's progress. Um, we just need a lot more of that. But we need it at every single level and in every single industry and institution. So do what you can with what you have. Give where you can with what you have. There's always somebody near you or two people separated from you who needs products. And even though people are like, oh, it's not sustainable to keep giving, it would make a really big difference between her being able to go to work or take her child to school. 
So those are the little low-hanging fruits, which is give where you can, talk about it where you can and when you can, and just spread the word and kind of um, push for it in your circles and let your circles push it in other circles. And then before you know it, there's a groundswell of conversation, which essentially gets us to where we need to be. Super. Can you highlight any NGOs or um, organizations that are doing this work? Maybe some people want to support or just um, people who are doing the work of spreading awareness. Yeah, gosh, there's so many. I'll try and list the ones who I know are spreading awareness very consistently and intentionally. There's Heels for Pads. They're amazing. Um, there's uh, And Heels for Pads are doing it really well on digital, but also on ground. Superb CBO, the founder, Yasmin, is incredible. She's, you know, grassroots led. She's talked about her own story. That was her reality, um, you know, not having access. And now she's running a CBO and she's, she's, even, she's even doing a 28-day um, campaign right now on her social media. She's incredible. There's PadMad, which is led by Madhvi. They do reusable products and they've really scaled. There's Zana Africa, who are also, they've been in the space for possibly over a decade. They even have their own line of products. Yeah, so those four that I've mentioned, it's been so easy because they're constantly amplifying and not just amplifying online, but also on the ground doing distributions. But there's there's quite a number. There's Neville is somebody I'll mention because he's a thought leader in the space. And as a man, he's one of the biggest champions from the continent. He's a friend and a mentor, and he's also always doing the work, you know. So there's quite a number. I'm happy to to send them to you and you guys can maybe publish the, the handles. And let's not so forget Miss Janet Bogwa herself. <laughs> Uh, uh, yes. Sorry, I have her handles. Don't worry. Yes, Inua Dada. And our, our page is actually trying to amplify a lot of these people's work. So I know during the week, our stories will have what are other people doing so that we can drive traffic to what other people are doing and how you can support. So, yeah, there's a lot of incredible people doing a lot. There's new people coming in all the time. So there's people really trying their best to make a difference. It's just It's just not super cohesive and unified. But in the meantime... It's working because they're doing what they can with what they have. So that's that's what's important. It's yeah. progress. It's progress. And progress is fragile and progress takes time. So you just have to keep pushing. Wow, it's fragile and takes time. Love it. So as part of our podcast normally, we have a few segments we do. And we want you to participate in one. And the one we have chosen for you is on my wall. And on my wall is basically, you know how when you were young and you'd stick people on your wall so it's that version but virtual fictional a fictional on your wall <laughs> but so um if you could pick someone to be on your wall right now who would it be are we doing are we thirst trapping or we're talking <laughs> do what like, you want Listen, we've done everything we've had shirtless men we've had ourselves we've had everything so it's whatever you want Go off. Got it. Was trying to understand the assignment. But right now, and I just did a, a, a video, well, not just now, but when I was in Embo a few weeks ago, that week had been so fulfilling for me um, because I was just really feeling the power of African women. And so in one week, I'd met like President Erlen Saif Johnson, Grasha, Michelle, and all these people. And I was just mm. like, oh my God. So on my wall, for sure, is a lot of these um, heroes and even as I said in the video, I didn't realize it back then, but I looked at these women. Um, I was constantly following women like Wangari Mathai because they spoke to me and I was like 10 or 11, but they spoke to me in a way that felt so, um, I don't know, it was incredible. It stayed with me. So when I met her, I almost, I was just like, I'm just going to faint because I followed you since I was a kid. So I'm most starstruck and most, like on my wall right now is a lot of these African women because from the time I was really young, I was kind of following them and to be able to not just hold space with them, but to see how they continue to shape and influence the lives of African women. They're just like my rock stars. So that's this week. Last week, it was shirtless D'Angelo and Lenny Kravitz. Every week is different. This week. Balance. 
We gotta balance it out. Balance. Ab- oh, I was talking about D'Angelo's untitled video last week, and I was just like, hey, 20, 23, I even know it's 23 years old. And I'm still like, they're still there being like, swoon. And just understanding what was behind the story and how there was a lot of depth to what he was trying to do and everything, but still just a masterpiece. So it makes you have personal weather, weather, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yes. 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 The more you like, the more you're like, yeah. you're like, hey, 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 hey. So those ones on my wall last week, I would have been like, let me tell you guys something. This is who's on my wall. But this week, it's, it's, um, it's our aunties who are shaping the oh, continent. So That's man. who's on my wall. Okay. We'll take you can have you can have two walls. You can put both. We don't have. We two get inspiration them. from everywhere. <laughs> yeah, it's true. This is true, and I've learned to love that as I get older. I really, really love. It's actually what you said. I love the balance of you can appreciate without necessarily objectifying. Okay, you're having fun with it or whatever. But as you're older, there's just a different appreciation to to just that kind of conversation. Mm-hmm. For sure. And then on the other hand, it's also the perspective of what it means or what it means for what these women have done it's just always different but i love that i love that about um i love that about growing older and getting more comfortable in your skin and comfortable with your perspective and not needing to hide it or question it you're just like no he looks amazing you're thirsty it's fine you're normal <laughs> i'm proud of these women and that's amazing it's normal so yeah the balance you know the funny thing is when you were talking about those women i always think about um now as a professional and i'm older um how difficult it is to get to the places that they got so it's even that much more inspirational to be like wow you guys are reaching like high tables you know what i mean like you are sitting at some very important tables and fighting the and i know just as an african level. exactly as an african woman getting to that level it took a lot it took a lot and what's amazing about these specific ones is that they're intentionally holding space for other african women because the session i attended with um president Salif johnson was part of her program where she and her team actually mentor up-and-coming women in who are political ambitions. That's kind of rare to say. And even the little interaction we had, she was just like, you guys who are in this room, you need to know that we're, we're leaving it to you. So figure it out. So that's what's also more inspiring is just holding space and saying, come on, you guys, you've got this. And not, you know, for me, that's what's powerful and beautiful about them still being with us and kind of not even saying, but insisting that we take up space. That's an, it's an amazing, it's an amazing thing to see. So, yeah. Now for the people who want to find you, plug yourself, let them know where we can find you. Uh, plug yourself. Yes. I'm, I'm pretty, I have a website, which I need to update. So the one I'll say is <laughs> I'm pretty active on Instagram at official Janet Mbogwa. I just feel like it's the... I, I like my community on Instagram, to be honest. Um, I feel like Tuna we get each other. It's a pretty safe space. So I really, really... They've just seen me evolve and they're just like, just let her be. Um, <laughs> so mostly my name, official Janet Bogwa, whether that's on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn. Um, my website is officialjanetbogwa.com. It's, it needs to be updated. I'm not on Twitter, but my foundation is on Twitter. So mostly Instagram and my website. And yeah, What's you find the me there. And name? Oh, Inua Dada. Just I-N-U-A-D-A-D-A. Across all social media, that's the name of the... And also the foundation website is inuadadafoundation.org. So that's where you can find me. <laughs> this is true. You see, this is why Gadon is like, wow, you had one job, Janice. One. <laughs> Best one. <laughs> I'm gonna make that podcast happen. It doesn't matter if you try. That one I'm not I'm not letting go. No, I'm recording. I'm recording on uh, Wednesday. Yeah. So I just need to <laughs> I'm recording a few episodes and I'm I'm gonna keep going. But my first time is the sort of like my the menstrual health arm of Inwadada Foundation. It's called my first time. So that's the it's a resource for all things menstrual health. So there's the book, which is available at Textbook Center in Nairobi, still available in quite a number of stores. They told me the other day 
Um, and I love that people are still buying it because they normally give me very upfront feedback. They're like, no, 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 it, it moves pretty well, especially during back to school or menstrual hygiene month or women's month. So thank you to everyone who's still purchasing the book. The e-version will be available soon, I promise. I know I've said it for like two years, but it's coming. In the meantime, the podcast will be out as well. So just my first time stories across social media is where you'll find, um, yeah, but it's an arm of Inua Dada. So if you're following Inua Dada and Janet Bogwa, you're following my first time as well. Incidentally, I just remembered that um, I went, I have a friend who has a 13-year-old and she invited us to a period party and someone actually brought your book uh, as one of the gifts. So we all wore red, um, had red treats and told her about our first time. But I think like just now thinking about it, I'm like, that's a perfect gift also for those kinds of situations. Yeah. Thank you. And I love all of you guys who are doing period parties. It's the greatest gift you can give to girls and have sometimes parties where there's boys. I know that's, you know, it's, it's something that can be done. It's just as Africans, it's trying to think through all that, but it's happening more and more. There's a lot of period parties happening. I think there's one or two mixed period parties happening. So that makes me really happy. And I'm, I'm so glad that the book can be a part of that. So yeah, it's exciting. Super. Thank you so much for making the time. Um, I just wanted to let you know that as you mentioned, all of those African women, you're exactly that for a girl who is growing up now. No, so for sure. thank you for being that person, for taking up the space, not only in like this world of period advocacy, but also like in media and everything. Like you're the people who I used to look at and be like, oh, I want to be that babe, you know, and I did journalism and then I didn't do anything with that degree, but you're the people. But you're doing something now. This is your journey. I guess it is. This it is. is. But you're the people, genuinely. So you are on the wall with all of them. So don't just put them on your wall. Know that you're right there beside them as well. Thank you. That means a lot. That means a lot. I appreciate it. Um, try, try to do the inner work so that I can appreciate it more. And that's also been a gift. Is just like just leaning into the fact that we're all a work in progress. We all have traumas we need to heal. All of that has just... It's made me, I think, a lot less apologetic and, um, yeah, just kind of saying, you know what? Yeah, you've, you've had your moments, you've had your highs and lows. There's some BS you need to own up to, but there's also great things you've done, you know, so just lean into it and just do the work. So that's been the best part of the last sort of like year and a half to two years is doing the inner work to just feel the gratitude that kind of comes out. So thank you very much i appreciate that thank you guys this was fun it was great this having you awesome. that's so cool yeah yeah all right awesome cool thank you for making time that was such a great interview i hope you guys took out a lot from it just like we did um there's a lot of great resources she left so we're obviously going to have those in our show notes and linked on our social media Gadani, where can they find us you can find us at okkiasi that's o-k-a-y-k-i-a-s-i on all social media platforms and if you want you can write us an email at okkiasi at gmail.com perfect um thank you guys so much for listening we will see you next week as always i'm shika i'm yam and i'm gavani have a great week y'all bye, bye. bye.